Welcome to the Eagle Naz Church Podcast. My name is Bree, and thanks for joining us. We hope that the next 30 minutes helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus, and that you will see how God wants to move in your life. Thanks for listening. There's an ache in every one of our hearts to build relationships, to be bridge builders instead of bridge burners. We've been learning that in the series, and there's, there's this ache in our heart to have our personal decisions bring about public change. That's what God has called us to. That's what we're made for. And today in Scripture, we're, gonna, we're going to understand and look at a passage where, where some people made decisions to follow Jesus Christ in a powerful way, and they never looked back, and they never regretted what they did to commit their life to Jesus fully. And I think about people who, who make personal decisions that impact their lives and, and bring about public change. I think about Kenton Lee. Kenton, uh, he noticed that there were kids in third world countries that needed shoes, and by the time uh, they had gotten their first pair of shoes, they had outgrown them when they came to them uh, from missionaries or whatever. Uh, They would get parasites through their feet, and they just had no way to, to keep shoes on them. And so Kenton invented an expanding shoe. It just grows. You can reconfigure it. And to date, 250,000 people are running around the world in expandable shoes because one man had a vision to make a decision that he wouldn't be stopped in what God had called him to do because we're all made to, we're created to make personal decisions that create a public change. And that's what we're created to do, amen? Amen. And we're going to hear about that today with baptisms. We've already had a wonderful first service. But, but as we look at the passage, I just want to bring you in to God's Word where it talks about that reality. So if you'll stand on your feet with me, we're going to be honoring the reading of God's Word from Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 16. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the Word in Asia. Did you catch that? Forbidden, blocked out, locked down, can't go, no way, not going to happen. Spirit-filled men, godly people, filled with the Holy Spirit, submitted to the Father. And and so, passing by Mysia, they went down to Traos, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia, who later turned out to be a woman, he was surprised, (laughs) standing there, urging him and saying to him, come over to Macedonia to help us. And when Paul had seen the vision... Immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Traos, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace and following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a a leading city in the district of Macedonia and came to a Roman colony. And we remained in the city some days and on the Sabbath we went out to the gate to the riverside we were supposed, where we supposed there was a, a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who'd come to gather. One who heard was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple, purple, who was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul, and after she was baptized. You who are being baptized today are following a tradition that's been going on thousands of years, making an outside statement about an inside work that Jesus is everything to you. Amen? Amen. We celebrate that today. God, if you, and her household as well was baptized, and she urged us saying, 
if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. You may be seated. <clears throat> I was uh, at a place of prayer this, this last Saturday, not yesterday, but I was praying away thinking about last Sunday's message and I felt like the Holy Spirit nudged me and said, I want you to fast. I said, no, I think I heard you wrong. And what do you want me to fast? I want you to fast food. Oh, you want me to have fast food? I can do that. No, I want you to fast food. I said, okay, but I'm not sure why. I had a few arguments with the Spirit first. When we say yes to the Holy Spirit, we can be Spirit-filled, we can be submitted to Him, but it's costly, it's expensive, it's time-consuming, it's not easy, it diverts us from our normal path. They went two days by ship to a, a, a place that looked just perfectly logical to them, and they went to another location completely because God had spoken to them. I, as I was looking up uh, the passage of Scripture that I would be sharing, uh, I thought about a sermon illustration. It often happens where at last minute God gives me something I think has significant. It, it was a, a story from the Chronicles of Narnia, and there... Susan is having a conversation with Mr. Beaver. I thought that Aslan was a, a nice guy, a good human, but you tell me he's a lion. Is he safe? And Mr. Beaver says, safe? No, he's not safe. He's a lion, but he's a good king. So I stuck that in my Bible and, and thought about where I might use it, talking about forgiveness and about sin and how God works on our hearts. And, and as I got to the message, I preached and I didn't use that anywhere. And a gentleman came up to me after the message. And he said, Pastor, I've sent you a text. I just got to tell you, while you were preaching, I thought you might be encouraged. I wanted you to know that God is using you in a powerful way. Your words and your messages, they're right on spot. And he said, I sent you a picture of a lion named Aslan. He said, you might not be familiar with the story, but there's a, a dialogue there that just came to mind for some odd reason, and it's where Susan asks the question, is Mr. Beaver, or is Mr. Beaver, is Aslan a safe lion? I tell you that to say that when we begin to walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit of God, and we make a personal decision to submit our lives to God, He gives us the, the power of His spirit, and it becomes a wonderful adventure and blessing. I almost didn't share the story because, frankly, I don't want it to be about me. And secondly, not everyone needs to hear the same way about God wants to do what He wants to do in our life. But here's the point. God wants every single one of us to make a personal commitment to be submitted to the Holy Spirit of God so that we can be empowered by Him and we can go where He wants us to go. Imagine what might happen if we had an entire church filled with all kinds of young people and old people and, and, and every one of us were submitted fully to say, God, where you forbid me to go, I won't go. Where you call me to go, I will, I will go. Whatever you want, anybody give me an A. Have your way with me. I believe that we would turn our world upside down. Anybody giving me an amen this morning for that one? Thank you. My boy's right here. He shouted louder than all the rest of you combined. I, I notice that when they do what God says, they come to a little town called Philippi, and there's a lady there that happens to be in a place of prayer. 
It says she's a worshiper of God. I was confused by that because it says that God opened her heart. But wait a minute, she's a worshiper of God. But God opened her heart. Well, if she's a a worshiper of God, how come she needs her heart opened? It turns out that that word in the original means that she revered God, she respected God. It carries with it a, a tone of grief and shame and sadness. She feared God because he was powerful, he was big, he was mighty, but she'd never responded to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as her Savior. Revere, respect, but never respond. And it says God showed up when she came to that river that day when people obeyed the Holy Spirit and he got to her and she paid attention to the word and her heart became wide open, her intellect was opened up and and that man from Macedonia that Paul was thinking he was going seeing was a, a, a lady named Lydia and her heart was wide open and she said yes to God for the first time in a spot-on personal relationship, just like you'll hear about from our teenagers today and those who are baptized, that she said yes to God and he said yes to her, and her life was never the same. When church people came back later looking for a place to, to camp, Christians were coming to figure out what to do or, or leaders wanted to know where to go. It says they met at a house of a lady named Lydia. She became the first church planter in Philippi She was a lady used mightily by God to do an incredible work. A personal commitment leads to a public change. You have not yet seen what God wants to do in your life as you fully respond to the Holy Spirit and as you make decisions for him. If you're here today and you haven't since the nudge of the Holy Spirit recently, would you open your heart? Would you listen to his voice and simply say yes the next time he says to give up fast food, it won't hurt you a bit. <laughs> would you, if you do not know Jesus, you respect God, you revere God, you fear God. That word to uh, open her heart means to align oneself with the universe. That's what the Greeks thought of it, to align ourselves with rightness. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your savior, your friend in relationship with you, and you sense that stirring of the Spirit, I'm going to ask you to do something that takes incredible courage today and ask you to jump in the water tank. No, that's not true. No, I'm going to ask you at the end of the service to just be, with, be willing to go to that room right over there, meet with one of our prayer team members, and they will pray with you and just ask God to open your heart and to do a work in you just like God did with Lydia. There's an interesting note that happens at the end of the passage. Paul and Silas come through that area of town where God had called them, where they didn't even know they were gonna go. And the same town where Lydia said yes to Jesus. And the authorities in town, when they met those early Christians, they said, these people are turning the world upside down. And now they've come to us. What might happen? Eagle Nazarene. What might happen, Brother Scott in Pocatello? By the way, we're so proud of your work there. What would happen? Pastor Scott's going to baptize a granddaughter, and he's pastor over in Pocatello doing a great work there. That was for free. (laughs) What would happen? Yeah, what would happen if we said yes to God and he said yes to us and people looked at us 
in our workplaces, our worlds, our home, and said, God is turning the world upside down through them.